Welcome, hemp enthusiasts and aficionados, to another fun-filled installment of the new Hemp Times podcast, recorded at Gotham Studios, the sweetest-smelling podcast studio in the world. And joining us live in the studio to cover the global cannabis bonanza is the unapologetic, unapologetic sharecropper Randy Cameron Jr. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> and, you <laughs> and also joining us at the table is Dr. Jan Roberts. Hello, Jan. everybody. And happy also, Wednesday. happy Wednesday. And also joining us after calling in by phone for a while, finally back in the studio, the talented Greer Barnes. That's me. And <laughs> jumping course. from the foul line himself, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Dr. <laughs> Jay. Jay. Oh. Dr. Jay. Sorry. Oh, man. You know, Greer, I can't get that out of my head, that what? thing you showed me right before the show started. Um, <clears throat> what, with the bear? Yeah. The, yeah. It's a cousin yeah. of mine. We'll have to have our production guy. <laughs> we'll have to hire him. Where was that? Lions, Colorado? Yeah, Lions, Colorado. I guarantee that wasn't the only dumpster he hit. Want want to kind of tell everybody Uh, what it was? It was a a bear. He stole a dumpster from behind a a cannabis shop. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, boo-boo, I got a bag of edibles. Oh, my God. I love your And pushed it down the street. (laughs) Rolled it down. Rolled it down the damn street. Knew where he was going. He needed a new So fabric. he could smell what was in there, obviously, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Bears well, they, they said that it wasn't product. Um, no, they, no, they said it wasn't, they have wasn't to fun say that. stuff. It wasn't the fun stuff. They have yeah. to say that. Maybe it was oh, like yeah. old because edibles. You can't get rid of stuff. It's illegal. You I mess mean, up your license saying, yeah. oh, yeah, we just threw it out in the, in the dispensary <laughs> in the back. Every <laughs> night we do it. There's probably all the fast food wrappers. What do you think yeah. they what do you think they do with bad? I mean, does we go bad? Oh, I mean, yeah, it does. Try, right? They uh, they oh, have yeah. to actually Wait, blend it you, up. Hold yeah. on, yeah. hold on. First off, to our listeners, sorry, we're we're crazy today. This is the first time we've all been back for f- the four of us together, and we're so excited that we decided we wanted to kind of talk about everything. So we're talking about this awesome story about the bear and about the edibles. But Dr. Marcu has actually been in dispensaries. And I would love to hear some stories about crazy stuff that's happened that you've witnessed. Oh, God, the grimace on his face right now. <laughs> What's so, okay? None of them are sponsors. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't have to call any names out. So what are, I mean, is it, do you think people really break the law like that? Like and store, like how Randy was saying that, yeah, probably it potentially could have stuff in there or do they... Are they that fast and loose? Or do, what are they, I mean, do these can it go bad? Do you, I mean, yeah, so I I've heard stories already specifically. One, yeah. one spot, I won't say where it is, but it's it. close to where y'all were. <laughs> and uh, they had outaged candy products. Mm. And when they when the state came through and looked, they were like, uh, hit them with a violation. Oh, wow. But, but certain see, stuff, it dried out, wasn't chewable anymore. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. It got hard. Cookies do go bad, mm-hmm. whether or but, not they have cannabis in and them. And Dr. Marcoute, you've done this before. So I'm yeah. just curious, like, what are some of the things? Can you tell our listeners, like, what some dispensaries, like, the best serve it, like, the best way that they yeah. handle stuff and the worst? So now that 
you know, since about 2011, there's been consistent regulations like in Colorado. Uh, I think off the top of my head, it's something like it has to be mixed. It has to be unusable, rendered unusable. And this can be done a number of ways, <laughs> mixing the old products with cat litter or, or grinding them up with plastic and paper into like kind of a mulch thing. But it does. And that's you, how you get rid of it? Yeah. And it wow. goes into a very specific garbage can that is mm-hmm. picked up. But it does, you know, it's outside, it's locked up. But it's usually material you wouldn't want to use. I mean, before, but don't you, you know, think there's some stupid ass people out there well, who would still do well, that? Of course, uh, it, there's a dispensary a long time ago in Berkeley. I used to work at when I was undergrad, and you know, this was before there were any real guidelines or regulations other than allowing these places to open. And this place had a barbed wire fence and a lock dumpster, and that did not prevent people from you know you come in in the morning see torn clothes, people trying to get in there. Wow. And, they, you know, you put in moldy or disgusting weed that wasn't fit for human consumption. People yeah. would go huh? in there to try and get it. So you had to kind of get tighter and tighter security protocols. But some of that's died down a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, you know, there I've seen some crazy stuff. Um, you know, lately, it's mostly the product label claims that <laughs> is kind of amazing. Like, this product may help with your cat's anxiety. Like, Wait, what? So that was a, it, that's not a real claim. No, yeah, it, it was uh, the FDA issued warnings to a bunch of companies recently. And one of them was for a company that had <laughs> CBD products. And it said uh, may help with your cat's anxiety. Is this like a company? Obviously, we won't say who it is, but is this like a public? Like, yeah, it's a big company. It's a. Are you supposed to be dosing your pet, or is it just saying you know you? Or is it (laughs) your cat will like find that you're chill and like be more comfortable? (laughs) Did I ever tell you? That's more. Did I ever tell you about my professor who actually asked me, started hinting around, wondering if I had any kind of like edibles for their animal. A true professor, I won't say where, but if if you read my bio, you might know. But anyway, um, actually Mm. asked me point blank because their dog was having so much anxiety. was asking me questions around like if I had it, if I've heard about it and kind of like fishing. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You should have got a Snickers, took the nougat (laughs) off and give it to him. Take all the chocolate dog, wrap wrap a little butterweed in it and gave it to the dog. (laughs) And he was like, come on. So wait a minute, there's something in Florida, I don't know, uh, where I guess these people, a lot of people are taking meth and flushing it, so it's going into the Everglades, and now they're talking about meth head gators. Gators and shit, yes man, did you hear this shit? You're kidding me. I started laughing, dog. tweaking in Florida, man. That is just the crazy thing. Yeah. That is the craziest thing ever. Oh, like yeah. meth gators. Yeah. Meth gators, meth animals, period. He said some one of the things that the dude said was something about he's seen a lot of messed up messed animals. Up. Well, like, you know, not messed up. You know, meth, meth, wait, hold messed on. Messed up animals. I so you do know that there are a lot of people do flush their medications down the toilet. Yeah, sure. And and that has to I mean, I'm not a chemist like some people at this table, but would that potentially affect the water source and um, go undetected. Sure. Yeah, they've seen that with all sorts of stuff. Pesticides, when you got hundreds BPA, of thousands of people, yeah. exactly. Fifty people don't just sniff cocaine in this country. You got hundreds. Of, you got millions of people who sniff Wait, cocaine. In this I country. drink right. tap water today. So, Is that why I was so energized this I morning? Could <laughs> be other things. When I was in London years know. ago, there was a piece well, think, in the newspaper about you know 
Well, think about throw it away as opposed to throw it down a toilet. The yeah. most prescribed because kind of medication is like an antidepressant. So, wouldn't it seem to reason then that we would all be happier? Yeah, drink tap <laughs> water know. twice a day. Right. That's It'll how you get house in your house. Right. <laughs> We're just leaving the water on it. So. Run the water. <laughs> oh my god. So wait, you still didn't? I just have. I'm going to go back to my original question, Jayhan. Mm-hmm. What is the craziest thing you've ever seen in a dispensary or a lab? Well, those are vastly different. different environments. Yep. Um, I like how I put two in there instead of just one. Um, Sorry. <laughs> well, in labs, you can find everything in the cannabis industry to pristine, high-tech, amazing operations with well-trained staff. In other places, you're not even sure if it's a lab because <laughs> you're like, is this just an office building with, uh, you know, what is going on in here? You know, and I've seen places that were... You know, I saw a lab once that was storing barrels of its chemical waste um, in a room and it was next to the exercise equipment, like the treadmill and the Stairmaster. No and I was like, man, this is like a worst accident a ever. funded lab. <laughs> uh, well, this is our like private labs usually. Um, but, you know, there's, you know, it's getting a lot tighter and a lot better. I'm interested to see what happens in Arizona because they are now finally requiring products to be tested on the market so you're going to see labs opening up there and you know we'll see how well they regulate it uh with dispensaries i mean usually the interactions i i've had doing my secret santa shopping there the um you know sometimes it's the comments the staff make (laughs) sometimes you're like blown away at how knowledgeable they are and other times you're you're like oh man i just got stupider (laughs) listening (laughs) to you You know, and I've had people give me, you know, up-to-date information, really good guidelines on the products. And because the labelings are confusing. I don't know if you've seen a cannabis product lately, but it has like 50 warnings on it. You can't even like, sometimes it obscures what's in the actual package. (laughs) So many. How many warnings are there except keep it out of of the reach of children? Well, there's the state warnings. There's the poison control numbers. There's like the law. Like, I mean, it, it really is a lot of stuff that goes on a tiny, you know package it, it really is um crazy and really the only thing you need to know is how much thc is in it and what the effects could be and what to avoid or like what cigarette packs do they rotate the warnings you have to put every single warning right. on every single product um but navigating that is, is sometimes the, the good tell of a dispensary agent or you know bud tender is how they can describe the products, their effects, and you know safety guidelines for them. Uh, but you know if you walk into the dispensary and some guy says, "Hey, this has the CBDs in it. That's the cancer curing part of the plant. You should probably leave." <laughs> Let me ask you this, Greer. Mm. This reminds me of like. Uh, I'm sitting here daydreaming, you know, we're waiting for legalization in in the state of New York, but for the longest time in Brooklyn and in Harlem and whatever else little thing, it was basically underground legalized. Right. So we had our favorite stores. And I think looking back at some of them, there were certain elements that made them more appealing than others. What do you mean? The stores we would go purchase, mm-hmm. purchase from? Mm-hmm. Like what? Well, if you think about it, there was a place called Weep Knot on 103rd on the east side. Right. That had a lot of, I I think it was really the first juice, tonic, music, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. 
And then on Broadway, there was another one that was real that appealed to a lot of the Columbia students that was also had juices, had juices, music, CDs. And um, as opposed to in deep in Harlem, where some of them were a little bit more seedier. So Mm. but you could literally go on a walking tour like we used to do on driving tour. And, um, you know, I don't know. Evolution. It was kind of like they they. I hate to say it, they were basically selling but other things. And so people so you had to maintain yeah. yeah, you had to maintain yeah. a front. Yeah, of course. And of course. um So they were selling like uh milk and cereal and orange yeah. juice and bread and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they they main they <clears throat> you know, there are dispensaries that are not legal that exists also, you know, and, and um, Los Angeles has yeah. apparently hundreds of them. Well, I think that, <laughs> really? well, and we've talked about how even in Canada, illicit sales are still, they're actually up. Yeah. Black market the, is banging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're boring Greer right now. He's yawning. The black market is banging. <laughs> good. Yeah. And they did like a couple months ago, good. someone was the first person to get arrested for selling weed in a mall in Canada after legalization. Really? really? They had like a ounce of weed divvied up into grams. But, the, you know, the irony is, is there wasn't actually a, a place for people to buy cannabis in that jurisdiction. Like it hadn't opened yet. The nearest place was at least, mm. I think, so then hours away. Do you think he did he get into a lot of trouble or what? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, they have is- legalization everywhere else except... Yeah, certain places. <laughs> it's only legal for the businesses to sell it, not yeah. not, not for the average right. person to engage in but, commerce. But can I ask a question like though? Do we it. is that why would you think going back to like why illicit sales are up in legal areas? Why why do you think that is? I could tell you why, but I don't want to <laughs> look in my pocket. Um, <laughs> well, we can because, use examples. All right, let's too. let's yeah. not let let's hit the heart because that's what the New Hemp Times does. Yeah, you're going to get dispensaries that are operating with licenses um, that are doing back back door deals. Really, and what they're doing is they are packaging up stuff that's on their shelves, and you get a relationship in a state with a person and it gets sent there. Hmm. Hmm. You making this shit up? <laughs> you know what you smoked on the venue? Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. Guys, we, we all said that. Yeah. Well, well, you know, that's like <laughs> New telling, Jersey is yeah. a great example. They passed this ridiculous uh, THC percentage cap on oh, products God. and it had the exact opposite effect they wanted. No one was really enrolled in the program. Very few patients compared to who was eligible. What's the limit? Uh, 10% THC. And what it basically did is fueled a black market for all these extracts and other products that you could not get. Because if you're a patient, right, are you going to, you have to now buy more medicine than you would normally need because it's artificially kept lower. Um, instead of like, it down. yeah. And so that actually led to creating a huge demand. So instead of regulating these products, they just basically kicked it away. Same thing happened in Philly where, the prices for a while when the dispensaries first opened were so expensive. It was like buying gold, buying cannabis products that people went to the illicit market. Um, and it's starting to balance out a little bit more now. You know, now that, you know, an illicit market, it's a little difficult to return products after you buy them. <laughs> yeah. like, Excuse me, this is defective. Yeah. Can you, you know, that doesn't really this happen. Very often. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So is there a solution? Is deregulation then the solution? 
Uh, not, I mean, you know, I, I like to think of garlic in these situations because there are it's garlic. It is, yeah, because it's regulated at every level. You have like raw garlic. Where you go to the store, buy it by the pound. Maybe it has the origin organic, not organic. Mm-hmm. But if you crush it up and dry it, it becomes a spice, and it's subject to different regulations. You got to mm-hmm. put a package on it. You got to label what's mm-hmm. in it. If you take that spice and encapsulate it. Now it's a supplement. Now there are another set of regulations and guidelines ah. to follow for packaging, labeling, and handling. Mm-hmm. And if you purify something out of that spice or supplement, you then create a single agent drug, which then has to go like through the FDA. And so if you go to like a big far, a big uh, grocery store, you could buy all four forms of garlic, one from the pharmacy, one sure. as a spice, as a supplement, and the raw thing. And so maybe hemp kind of or cannabis can fit into a diverse regulatory model. Like there's different oh, forms like of it belong different ways. Like, you know, you think about when you go to the grocery store, you can buy the raw ingredients and there's a certain set of standards there, but if they're prepared or, you know, made for nutrition or health, there's an additional level of scrutiny that goes on. Oh, I've crazy. always looked at it and that's a great comparison because I looked at it like tomato sauce. Hmm. So if the bud is the, you know, the, the dispensary prepares it for you. It's there, it's jarred, it's, you got your top you could choose. But I mean, originally you could have always done it at home, the old fashioned grandma right. way. Right. Wow. Do you think that, wait, I'm curious, Greer, do you think like for you, is that something that's important for you to kind of feel like whatever product you have is safe with that? You know what I mean? Like how, how Jayhan's talking about the different kinds of levels of, regulation do you think is that a concern for the consumer <clears throat> I don't and not think just thinking, necessarily for you but you know what i mean for the consumer <clears throat> i don't think consumers are thinking about that do you think they should it, well when there's a problem when problems start to occur sure but <laughs> right now i think these guys are on their game it's still new yeah. you know they they're going they're most likely going to the frequenting the same uh you know cannabis spot yeah you know mm-hmm. and you know, that's if if this is if there's a particular strain they may want. And, well, I, I you know, know. I don't, I got, as far something has to things have to go horribly wrong before well, people okay. start complaining. So I'm going to I'll give you a great example. So I'm very much a fan of trying to buy it the legal way going through that, because I, I find that I feel comfort knowing that my patients have something that's a safe product. I've had friends of mine and who have purchased. um products from illegal sources that weren't regulated like that and actually have had major issues. In fact, three of them I know who don't even know each other reported the same thing to me recently. And what is this? Flour? It was over. No, it was you're, eating you're an edible. My, and that's my whole thing. Yeah. yeah in and, my mind, in my mind, I'm like, are you talking about flour? I know you no, weren't. Yeah. So we're in a realm yeah, of yeah. ingesting differently ingesting. that we should right. make clear to folks. Yeah, that's true. Traditionalists are like, you know what? The stronger the flour, the better. And and let's, okay, so let's also talk about that then, because in the state of New York, you don't get flour. So if you're a medical patient, you can't even use the natural herb. Or, you know what I mean? You have to get it through vape or. You devil's know, advocate uh, a cartridge of oil will probably last you longer than the equivalent in flour and some right. patients yeah. talk about well it's costs more it's more of an upfront investment you have to learn new tech and new administration forms but it is a convenient way there's less odor there's less stigma you know it's not like you're firing up a big joint you right. know somewhere trying to 
hide the smoke and the smell of beta carophylline permeating everything. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but, you know, so I think there is some convenience. And what's nice about the extracts is, uh, you know, back in, you know, in, in before Colorado went legal, you know, dispensaries to create new varieties sometimes would just take batches and combine the different buds like batch A from with variety B and combine it to kind of create these new varieties. But with the oils, you can be more precise. You can be like, hey, this one has right. a nice profile. This one has a nice profile. Why don't we mix those together? And even a pharmaceutical company in the UK did this. They make like a THC extract. They make a CBD extract and they like put it in different levels. Mm. So, you know, having the extracts is, is an interesting way to create more standardized product. Um, but yeah, ideally, people should have their ability to do go through the trial and error phase to find what works best for them. for them. Yeah. But I think also it's important for me to have that knowledge that the product can be as safe as possible because there are, back to your original uh, point, Randy, about like, you know, the, I'm talking about an edible with the, the example of the three <coughs> different friends I have. I know of people who've bought illegal weed and and there has been stuff on it before you know and not really knowing has it gone through it hasn't been sprayed for pesticides and stuff like that and so that's where i just get really concerned and yeah I, I get concerned too about some of the you know what's happening with the flower that doesn't make it on the shelves in places like california and other states does it get destroyed um if they're you know you know it, it is sometimes i'm wondering if my friends who get a lot of their cannabis on the, the illicit market if it is because it failed quality control, right. you know, like there's something wrong with it. Why, why mm. isn't it through a legal, you know, market? Well, I wonder if this, uh, they had the article in the vineyard that the, 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 some folks ingested some edibles and ended up in the hospital, some tourists and they, you know, it was their first time using and had a bad experience, right? So I'm wondering, are the gambit of stories you're hearing about people doing edibles, is it any different? Then in know. the 80s, when we were hearing the same story or of kids, you know, with edibles back then or whatever they were doing, is there, I mean, no, to no. me, it sounds like the same mm -hmm. thing. You, you had too people. much and you had a little no. bad, This you example know. from all three of them, they said that they had like less than a dime size of the edible. Some of those yeah, edibles was, have like a thousand milligrams yeah. of THC. And, right. you know, I remember, you know, when I was a patient in California before they had like labeling requirements, you just had to sort of remember these insane like directions for the product. Like, okay, this is a lemon square. You only want to eat one quarter at a time and wait two hours. And then they'd give you another product, be like, you can eat the whole thing. Don't worry about it. And then you'd confusing. get home and you'd be like, okay, is this the one I eat the whole thing or is this the one? Yeah. Uh, is this, you know, which one is which potency and how much should I consume? <laughs> it was, you're just kind of like, okay. Well, and, and I'm talking about this from a safety piece. I can't help but to look at this from a medical application perspective, you know. And I'm talking about people with vulnerable populations who might have some issues. I had this debate on our podcast that we did when we were in China with uh, Rick Trojan about this issue that, you know, I'm looking at this for how do I protect people who are vulnerable, and and making sure I think that's where I think safety regulations um, are yeah. so important. And, and I would never buy cannabis, never recommend anyone go get it from any place that isn't as good as a fast food restaurant. Like if it's not as clean as your local, 
like place where you get your sandwich. Like why? Like I mean, come on, it's got to follow that basic level of deli sandwich cleanliness. <laughs> like your dispensary is not as good as Subway sandwiches. So in other words, like just close I, the door. I like this. Our body's not working there. Right. <laughs> really, no, I ain't there. But somebody who's going coming off of opiates, right? And yeah. and and now they've switched over to to the magical medicinal yeah. to hopefully to switch their lives cleanliness has never been an issue, an issue with yeah. them so it's clearly up to the doctor to insist upon and yeah. teach them these new elements so that like, now because they shit they for, put i'll give you a great example i had a patient who was had some serious ptsd and this patient was getting it from his friend his neighbor's son and this patient was major PTSD, just incredible, and was having really bad symptomology and, and was just really crashing. And I had to basically beg him to I many weeks of trying to get him to apply for the medical card to get this and had to convince him why he needed to do this. So at least he knew exactly what he was getting. We could dose it in a way that was going to help him or that he could dose it in a way that was going to help him and there wouldn't be any variables there. And it's been helpful for him. He's he's done incredible. What did he dose? What doses is he taking of what? What is he smoking? Is he smoking? Yep. And so let me ask you what, this. Like, he, what do you mean he, dose? Right. Like, I mean, there's no dosing marijuana. If I, buy it down, if I buy it from my neighbor's kid, I don't know what the strain is or the variety Right, but is. wasn't he doing that, I don't that know chance? what the profiles were. You know, mm-hmm. what's the CBD level? What's the THC level? I don't know any of that information. And that's why you want to have these kinds of pieces for vulnerable populations, especially because those things matter. All right. But this those is a question I don't matter. understand. If he was a dope fiend and let's say for his hors d'oeuvre, he's been using marijuana for years because no. that was his lead in. Now, in his He's, in his recovery, though, in his but you're talking about something totally different. No, you're I'm talking. I'm talking about a mental health piece. Someone that's coming off of an opioid necessarily isn't in a fragile state emotionally and could be pushed over the edge. No, I understand. Going, not not. I'm not saying that generally. I understand that. What I'm what, what I was getting at is this: if he's coming off that opiate. Opiate, right? He was coming off of using heroin, but they used, they smoked as heroin users, marijuana. Right? Not not my patient. Maybe not your patient, but I'm sure there's lots of dope fiends that smoke marijuana. Does that, I'm asking, does that eliminate them from using, uh, Cannabis treatment and no, that's recovery. a good question. That's so, if you question. are already using cannabis and you're going and getting another treatment, will it make the cannabis more effective or less effective? And there's there's really two ways to look at that. One is to Jan's point, which is you don't know what you're getting. You don't know what the potency is. It's inconsistent, mm-hmm. right? It might may relieve withdrawal symptoms one week and not the next because it doesn't have the right complement in it and right. the dosing's off. And you're like, you know, overshooting it each time or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, to the research on like the opioid epidemic and cannabis has shown that programs, as we've discussed, that have the least barriers to access are seeing benefits where you don't have to necessarily get a doctor's recommendation. You don't have to right. wait weeks. It's just available. You for can walk use. in and in about a third of the U.S. population lives in a place where you can just walk in and buy cannabis, almost like like buying beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those states are starting to see this sort of switch from prescription drug abuse to using cannabis in those or- 
issues are going down, even like uh, uh, fatal accidents with uh, prescription drugs seem to be trending downwards. Uh, but that is a good question because like if you're already treating – I would say but, no because if you're accessing a standardized cannabis source and you're starting to get it and you know what's in it and it's predictable, you might be able to structure your recovery and treatment around and here's that. The sh- Here's the shitty mm-hmm. part about this. Mm-hmm. This is what pisses me off so much about uh, um, addiction recovery is thank you, is that um, if you're in a medication-assisted program like um, Suboxone or Methadone and you're trying – say you're trying to get off of heroin or other opioids and you get into this program, they're drug testing you to make sure you're not using anything else. So if you pop positive for cannabis – chances are you're going to get kicked out of their Suboxone program. And and that's where as a clinician and a researcher that just, I know we're all shaking our heads here, but that's where I think like the addiction industry is completely, so, it's got it wrong. You know, so, we focus yeah. on substance rather than, um, so from a, we're going to, you know, yeah. we focus on substance rather than how is someone using something. And so I think it's really important that we start to kind of like redefine what is addiction, what is abuse and, mm-hmm. and all these things so that we're looking at the behavior rather than just the substance, because what does it matter if someone's using cannabis therapeutically to help them? And we know, and we've talked about this before and I'll shut up, but that we've seen that high CBD actually helps people with cravings who are heroin users when they're in the early relapse stage. And so there's so much promise there, but it has to be done right. And there's been some positive trends with the, um, you know, drug replacement therapies like methadone. They did some research and found that cannabis use is actually associated with sticking with those programs. So some programs locally have decided not to kick people out right. for that, but it still is well, like... I can, I can speak to that because yeah. there's one across the street from my building and my neighbors have those issues. So right. my my whole question is this, for these older heroin users who are 50-something and older who, right. have, who are still in these programs and have been in them for 20-something years... Before so, shit. Those programs. Exactly. And clearly and they don't did, test for certain things and don't <coughs> kick them out because, no, you know. And I want to say this, Greer. I don't agree with that. I think that, Then why know, are they still – look at, look at I, this. I you got heroin unsi- and then you go from heroin to methadone to, to whatever else, right? And you then don't need, hear nobody ever gets off of right. those other two and things. And then the next Not thing you know, blood. crocodiles are getting uh-huh. high. <laughs> nobody ever gets off of – Nobody you, nobody gets off of that. Once you're on that heroin shit and you go to methadone and then you go to that other you're stuff. Stuck. That's it. You're stuck within that realm. And that's where I – I do believe that cannabis can be very helpful to get off of those because with methadone, you're physically dependent on it as you are heroin. There's a, there's a great book about and, what you're and, talking and, about, Greer. I, I, yeah. I'm, I think what I'm getting, and I, and I hear what you say. I believe in therapy. I just look at these folks. I see them smoke every day yeah. in between their hits or whatever. And I'm just wondering, how do we reteach somebody who well, in between but, getting uh, you know, I, they I can hear them say I've been smoking reefer since 77 yeah like, uh, you uh, know uh. this gonna least, get me off a of dope at least they think they were smoking reefer who, or whatever who really right. knows well, what yeah. it was mm-hmm. most they might of the be time. getting the low THC <laughs> stuff they, oh, they were sure. yeah. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it could be mixed with something else I mean well, the contaminants just, like it's look, been dipped in I, ether it have, has you know all sorts of crazy things happen but, to elicit okay cannabis. so I just have a question because mm-hmm. for me I've gotten a lot of flack 
from my professional community for coming out to talk about cannabis and mental health. And, and to me, this is very important. And, and I'm curious, like how do, and, and I get scared about some people because I see them totally using cannabis to avoid life. And I, I, to me, that's not what cannabis is about. To me, cannabis, because of its chemical, this chemical makeup can actually help activate people to live their best lives. And that's my approach to, to treatment. But I think, it would be interesting for me. But that I'm, may I, not I, be the effect that it may have on well, all of these people. That you may know, just I've be heard, you. Like, no. Well, that's my point is how do we, because I get concerned about people using too much because I do believe using that, too much of cannabis. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Because to me, this is about a healthy way of living. If I use anything, whether it's food, sex, alcohol, weed, cocaine, whatever, Mm -hmm. to avoid life and Mm -hmm. living life. Mm -hmm. Podcasting. And podcasting, (laughs) working, you know. uh, and, And trust me, I've had to, I look at this shit in my life. But if you use anything to avoid living your best self, then I think that that's where we get into issues. And for me as a clinician, I want to make sure that when I'm working with my clients, that they're actually using this in a way that's going to help them and not hurt them. So I'm curious, like, how do we start to define what do, and again, I think that it should be legal regardless. I don't think we should have, you know, laws for medical use and and vice versa. I think it should just be legal federally and available to people because people should make these decisions. But how do we get people or is it important to even acknowledge that it can be abused to the point of avoiding life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we used to, I, I we grew up with like a nutrition totally model of eating healthy and living healthy. And how do we do this? I heard a wino, honest to God, a wino outside of a liquor store who asked for change. And there was a wine, there was, they were giving away samples of uh, wine, this wine yeah. from a winery inside. And um, he basically said, fuck them. I don't give a fuck about the wine and fuck them. You know, it never resonated. The 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 difference in grapes, the oh, yeah. understanding of quality <laughs> of wine. <laughs> this cat wanted his wild Irish rose or whatever the hell he was drinking, and that was it. And it was a subjective thing, yeah. and and he will never have that understanding. Although he has a true addiction of it and and when i went inside and sipped the wine and talked to the person i i thought the tester was a little sippy too you know i bet he I, you know i bet you do doing your job so perhaps you have the same addiction as that cat outside hmm. different knowledge so what brandy what do you say <laughs> addiction is addiction it's yeah. a subjective yeah. um yeah if it's going to help one or some one person's able to make a living yeah. out of it and sell wine, you know, the other person is out on the freaking street. Uh, yeah. But I <laughs> at think, one level, they're a sommelier. I mean, <laughs> I'm curious. Do you guys, I mean, we have a platform. We're talking. People are listening to us. We know our listenership is up. But I mean, for me, I feel like I have to use my platform to educate people because I want this. I know it's been wonderful in my life mm-hmm. and it's been transformative and has helped a lot of things happen. But I also have faced a lot of criticism because of that. Yeah. So I'm just curious. Do we? Do you all feel like you have a platform or do you feel like you want to use this or to help people or I'm curious about that because I see cannabis as a gateway to wellness 
Well, it can be. Um, people have been medicating themselves with marijuana for years, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. But that whole thing with using heroin, that's, you're fucked. <laughs> Sorry. You have to, you, don't, you know how you get off of heroin? You have to want to. That's the first thing. Have marijuana could help a little bit, I guess. And I, but the THC levels, I think, would yeah. have to be, I don't know, I think they'd have to be high. Yeah, maybe to your yeah. point, like just but, the regular cannabis you might buy on the market's not going to work. You're going to need something very specific. Yeah, probably. that has a higher dose because I don't know what that euphoria is like. This, it's, it's, they're still trying to, they're still trying to get that first high they got from heroin. I'll That's say they're chasing. I and I agree, but you I'll know? say this is using a platform. And I've seen too many people. I'm sorry, Randy. I've seen too many people. They stay that I don't know anybody who's done heroin has gotten off it. They either died from the shit or they're still on it. It's hard when I get I think what you're water. talking about, Jan, as far as using marijuana as a gateway to happiness and health, in concept, we all understand that, right? Yeah. yeah. At this table. Sure. Then you and, start talking and, about how you eat and what you and consume. Re- and and on the whole gambit. In reality, the comparison and the reason I, in terms of when I'm using this platform, are reserved about what it is. It's been my experience and what my experience may be different from this man is the same thing. And why I don't want to be proselytized by. Sure, I've been in a church and I believe in this higher entity, but I don't necessarily need his perspective and how he proselytizes about their experience and how it could change their life. It could, it could be different in, in everyone, everyone. And when you begin to say that your experience with it and how it's transformed you is what you should experience or transform someone else. No, I'm looking at this as a clinician. I just feel like it's my obligation to be able to help my clients in all areas Mm -hmm. of their lives. So it's not like I'm sitting here, you know, just scratching my nose saying, Hmm, do what I do. That's not it at all. Right. It's that usually I see people who are struggling, who are having problems. And yep. my my job literally is to help people live their best lives. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, I, I probably you know? feel a, a similar sense of frustration, but from a different angle. Mm-hmm. But it's when I see these things like uh, the fake celebrity endorsements of cannabis product, like the fake one most recently oh, with uh, Tom Hanks. It relieved 90% of my pain. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> you saw it with Tom Hanks? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It turned out to be fake and like Lady Gaga, like cannabis companies are like literally getting these sort of, uh, and hemp companies are all like, there's these bad actors who are taking fake quotes from fake celebrities and putting them all over websites, like talking about using their cannabis products. And I got a little fishy of the Tom Hanks one because underneath his name, it just said famous actor. <laughs> I was like, and this is a, a ad. <laughs> Yeah, these are ads that companies yeah. are putting on their website and on the internet, Average. quoting all these different people. And I got mm-hmm. like, and I, and I first I was getting mad at the actors. I was just like, no way, no way did that like Jennifer Anderson did this like fix your skin, like yeah. no way, right? I was getting frustrated, like that's all BS, and it turned out to be BS from a different angle. <laughs> wow. But but yeah, you know, similar frustration, like oh yeah, like that that really did that for you. I don't believe it, but it's right. always kind of been the shadow of cannabis is people don't believe it until they're confronted with it. I mean, you know, uh, I I remember key moments where, you know, sort of the fire was lit under me to to follow cannabis research, like meeting a glaucoma patient 
and them being able to see you after they've used cannabis, that is a little freaky experience. That's amazing. Mm. You know, and you wouldn't believe it until you're in that situation. Sure. You know, and it's yeah. like, oh, there you are. I can see you now. And it's, you know, experiences like those really, you know, kind of transform you. But yeah, when you hear outrageous claims and there's nothing to back it up, you know, you, you tend to, you know, be skeptical, which I think is healthy in terms mm-hmm. of anything, any mm-hmm. claims people are making. But it is getting a little much. Even Montel Williams had someone run away with his quotes and stuff because he had put out a product, one of the few at the time that was actually lab tested and specialized and yep. exceeding standards that were required, like setting a model. And people totally kind of riffed on that and, and what did grifted they do? it. They basically used his image to sell their own products oh. as if it was. And he under had fought his, for that for a long time too. Been arrested at airports. Yep. Like wow. he went sure to, did. And he got like arrested at airport for like running out of weed. Like I think all he had was like a bowl on him that had some resin in it. <laughs> Wait a minute. And they, and they, and, and you got arrested <laughs> at an airport for paraphernalia. That had to have been a long time ago. Yeah, it was. And, and, yeah. you know, I remember he would go to these conferences and he made everyone put their cameras down and he would give these beautiful beautiful speeches about cannabis and what it meant to him but it took even him a while to come out um uh, as a, as a what advocate. did he have ms right yeah yeah, yeah. He still has it, yeah. yeah. but then, see I, I mean come on i think i've heard a few people with ms say pretty nice things about yeah. cannabis yeah. yeah like and how it makes them feel yeah my cat seems calmer. I don't know. But <laughs> Your cat has MS? Your cat got MS? I, I don't know. It's hard to ask it these things. <laughs> do that. God, but, Randy. We uh, can't take him anywhere. Uh, well, <laughs> Sorry, like, I didn't mean no, to hit you. stroking the cat. The <laughs> but, uh, oh, but MS God. is probably is one of the awesome? best indications for cannabis. Most widely studied. Yeah. And, like, it really is uh, surprising. I mean, um, and, and a lot of people who went over to cannabis uh, were skeptical about it, you know, and it requ- even they were wondering if it's going to just, does it work for the short term? Is it going to keep working? And I think that's what people are trying to figure out is like, okay, it worked. Will it keep working? Because a lot of people like MS and other conditions, they use a the medication for a while. And then they habituate to it. Yeah. Or yeah. it stops working. The same thing happens with epilepsy medication. Sometimes it works for a long time and something as simple as mm-hmm. switching from generic to name brand. And, and that's it. And even different generics. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Isn't what's that the crazy? problem? Some MS people would have a problem with what, having to use marijuana all the time? I don't know. <laughs> Lola Falana, no, I like, think, got caught like, on a plane. Because cra- I She's look at these the people who are like, like uh, my meds. What do you mean your meds? Yeah, I have anxiety so you take you're gonna take that shit for the rest of your life basically you don't have to right but i'm just saying but until they approve crispr people i know who are on meds they've taken they've been taking that shit for years and it's like you know wow (laughs) yeah like like if what would be the problem if i had ms and it was like and i was never a marijuana smoker and i had all these negative thought processes about marijuana which a lot of people do if I saw that my, was my way to get in, yo, I would get in it. I would try it, see it, and it's like, oh, I'll tell you this much. It'll change your mind, change yeah. your thought process. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, speaking of addiction, one of my favorite things about <laughs> being addicted is, is uh, for, for cannabis use disorders and so-called cannabis addiction, researchers every couple of years come out with a treatment. And the treatment is always usually THC. Like they found, really? surprise, yeah, these researchers in Australia made this hash oil spray 
And they were like, hey, we give people this hash oil. They don't use as much cannabis. And I have to say that that's a very novel hypothesis. Uh, and in the past, researchers were like, this guy wants to quit smoking cannabis. Why don't we give him pure THC? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if it's replacement therapy, but it just seems yeah, kind of seems explain that. To it me. Kind so of, cut down on flour by using more hash oil. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but then, okay. then you got to crush two tons it. of fucking hash. Herb. I mean, herb, you need to yeah. get an ounce of oil anyway, right? But it, I guess it's something about having that reliability. And they've done, they've done some studies on this. And like, here's what's a weird thing: is if they are surveying people. And looking at what people are experiencing from from cannabis or marijuana, people who are obtaining it through non-medical cannabis users report more side effects from cannabis than medical cannabis patients. It's really kind of interesting when you break down the data and look at um, just say that again. So medical cannabis patients, I'll say it a different Mm -hmm. way. Medical cannabis patients Uh report fewer side effects from using cannabis than people who are not. So when they're looking at just general use of like whatever, you know, no discretion, just using whatever you can get your hands on, there seems to be a lot of side effects. So I didn't feel good. I got anxious. I got like this, Mm -hmm. uh, had these effects. Um, Those same effects are not reported in the like it's it's much it's a different side effect profile sometimes for medical cannabis patients who are using cannabis products because some of the effects are actually a benefit to them and our therapeutic effects versus side effects. Mm-hmm. So you get kind of a different. I could dig that. Right. So, so well, one, one person's side effect is another person's therapeutic effect. Like increasing appetite might be an unwanted side effect for a lot of healthy people. They don't want to put on weight. But if you have an appetite issue, like a wasting disorder or chemotherapy mm-hmm. and you, you're not eating, you're going to want that as All much right. as possible. Um, it would that, also be interesting to see if that's a placebo effect. Too, you know, that if I, no, I'm serious. If I'm looking at something as medicine versus just something that I do recreationally, even though I think it's more therapeutic, but you know, maybe there's more kind of credence into that. So you really wouldn't recognize it as a harmful side effect. I think that could definitely be a possibility, you know, because we have this thing. Have you ever heard of the experiments that they did where they had like two different cakes? It's the same friggin' recipe for both of these cakes. One was priced at $5 and one was priced at $45. And can you believe? <laughs> Can't tell you. Well, no. No, the $45 oh, no. cake tastes they, better. A $45 cake tastes better. It's the same friggin' cake. But it's that perception <clears throat> yep. that Damn, really right. changes the yeah. way you see right. that. Ooh, so this tastes I'm, better. So if I'm I could see her. Right. So as if I'm seeing I'm 45 on it. <laughs> <laughs> Grisilla. <laughs> You're so bad, man. No, just kidding. But seriously, it, it goes into perception. Mm-hmm. So while I think that your theory, you know, that might be a possibility, Jayhan. I think it's also how we perceive that thing as uh, that that um, substance as to what might be considered a negative side effect or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You it, know, similar to your study. Uh, that you mentioned one of my favorites of all time is a placebo research study and they had colored water and i know i've mentioned this before but i just love this study it was different colored waters like three different color and they told the participants it was low medium and high price painkillers and then they applied electroshock to people and high higher price placebos right 
statistically reduce pain. So like the more like expensive placebos are more effective at less expensive placebos at reducing pain. It was literally just colored water they were giving these people, but they had this perception they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a wham-bang effect from this I mean, expensive it, it liquid goes to, killer. It's fascinating to think about how <laughs> our perception influences everything. This is a homeless man shit, and this right. is the queen shit. Who right. smells better? Yeah. Right. Who the queen shit smell way right. better. Way better. <laughs> Jackass. I right. can smell those tears. Right. Both the homeless like men. and salmon. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> chamomile and salmon. Yeah. <laughs> I just say... <laughs> Oh my god. You could probably show people like pictures of New York and be like, damn, Europe's filthy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh. Um, (laughs) Nice. So how have you guys been? Good. Did you ever find out about because you guys had you had the break in? Well, I don't know if it was a break in. I think it was just leave it open. (laughs) And how much was taken? Do you know yet? I didn't even Put a dent in it. Well, okay. nothing was taken, right? I don't think yeah. so. Oh, I think okay. it was uh, thrown oh. around. Okay. People were ruffling through it. I think so. Thank God nothing was taken, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks rather battered up. It, it looks- sure does. I was like, put the plastic on it and let's... Walk hmm. away. They should have hired a bear to do it for them. <laughs> Get that bear. Get that bear. He does good work. That's how cleanly he moved that like uh, that, that garbage. The ass. whole thing did break into it there. It didn't make a mess. Yep. Took that stuff down the street. It works yeah. for the union. So I had an idea about a product I wanted to share with you guys. Commercialized <laughs> cannabis product. I have an idea. What is it? Wait, do, give it do, away do I listen? Or do you want to? No, no, no. It's fine. I think it's stupid, but I want to share it. <laughs> do our listeners need to write it down? They probably should get out a pen and paper because this is the next blockbuster idea for flavored cannabis products for the adult use market, strictly for adults. <laughs> but what about a line of, you know, everyone's into like flavoring products. Where is the hamburger flavored vape pen? The steak flavored <laughs> Yo, vape pen? The prosciutto, the smoked turkey vape pen. <laughs> You, you know the sausage, sausage. <laughs> sausage pen. Yeah, like you can we, tell. We were talking take about that, that sausage before. out your mouth. The flavor. That's the, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> what do you? I don't come know on, they, they already have strains called like the cheese and stuff. Like, the let's cheese? take the, like pepperoni flavored vape pens. Like, you don't think? Okay, that, I actually think that sounds good. <laughs> we, we went over this before <laughs> or maybe if you're more sophisticated palate like an earl grey flavored like okay, uh, okay. you know i dare say you know i dare say what would martha stewart have <laughs> infused yeah you could put a little cardamom in there you know give it a nice sauce you know we're trying to make cannabis you know universally appealing and approachable <laughs> you think the queen of england's gonna get something like you know called like dog's breath or something like that no it's got a like earl gray light english dog's breakfast wait did you, know? you just uh, try to get us to picture the queen of england like using a vape well i saw her wearing this like bright green dress and i didn't know it was the queen for us like oh wow that lady really smokes a lot of weed I was like, Is it queen uh, england? yeah she's wearing this bright green dress she looked like a weed activist like going to a protest <laughs> or something That'd be great. Hmm. What would that be like? <laughs> I just say, everyone, smoke weed. Raise your pinky. And for you, smoke weed. And you are stoned. And you, sir. <laughs> Sorry. What about this move to the moon? 
And should we be getting like uh What? I want to grow a strain on the moon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would bring be it back a, down here. It'd be a good crop to it. grow there. I mean, hemp would be good to grow there. Food, fiber, fuel, you know. Wait. Might be the first crop would grow on Mars. Are you serious? Yeah, this uh I mean, they're vying this company's vying to be the next uh cannabis rock. cultivator. No, they're going to be a uh I don't know, they're the private company that Wants to get their rocket to be kind of a uh, colony or more like trips that are touristy type things. Oh, SpaceX. Was Cannabis it, friendly but, space tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need a spaceship for this. <laughs> <laughs> they just like riding home. <laughs> well, it might help people from like throwing up on that trip. I've heard, uh, I've read a book called Packing for Mars, and it's made, you know, I used to want to be an astronaut when I was a kid. That book, that made me not want to be an astronaut because. Why? <laughs> what did it well, say? Well, I mean, uh, the, you know, there's a lot of things like a lot of the G forces can make people like throw up and things like that, or like sometimes the G forces can be so intense taken off that it'll just force stuff right out of your body. So, so people shit themselves. They can, yeah. So that's. No way. So, like, part of space hemp suits, <laughs> yeah. Invent it, Neil. Yeah. Neil Armstrong disposable hemp suits. Exactly. <laughs> well, if oops, you, I crap my right pants. Off. That's why they make you buy your own spacesuit for these space tours. It's like you buy it; it's yours. It's you yours. don't give it back. Five oh my god! So, do you think they have that in the brochure? You might I'd, shit we, yourself right. on route. <laughs> they have that on roller coasters already. <laughs> A disclaimer. Yeah, I think so. Like, don't ride it after eating food and oh. stuff like That's that. That's mainly so you don't throw up. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen people do the roller coaster and then puke their fucking guts up. Have you ever done that, Greer? No, I don't like roller coasters. <laughs> I don't. Uh. Uh-uh. I think mm. I don't. I don't get on. I don't. Like, I don't get seasick and that would be that. that'd be a fun crowdsourced experiment to do. Have what? you know? Uh, get some roller coasters, motion machines, the fake flight simulators. Have people use cannabis before and after? See how it affects motion sickness or like those <laughs> types of things. I wonder if you know you'd be all calmer and things would be so. It's like here, eat this plate of nachos. One of you gets the placebo. One of you gets cannabis. <laughs> Let's shake you up. See what happens. God, you've got hmm. a twisted research oh brain, God. but I like that. NASA's done stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, you know, there's been all sorts of talks about cannabis in space. One is like the future of delivery is probably space because you can like shoot something up and then in 20 minutes come back down somewhere on the Earth. They could perfect that. You can like kind of deliver quickly anywhere in the world by going up into orbit yep. and coming back down. Um, yeah, but what would be the uh, engine? <laughs> what would be the force that gets it up there? I mean, a I, CBD oil based fuel. <laughs> <laughs> you, like laugh. you laugh. <laughs> you laugh, but I'm actually <laughs> working on it. Somebody's sitting home taking ideas from uh-huh. us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sit down. If I see a patent tomorrow morning for a CBD based rocket fuel. fuel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a product already called that. You know, there's gonna like ten years <laughs> later, we're gonna be hating ourselves because all these products that we've no, joked about. That, we haven't talked about. You and I have an idea for the holiday, so yeah, we're gonna do that. This That's year. right. I can't remember <laughs> can't what it is. But <laughs> <laughs> I remember there's something we. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see that shit, 
See, cannabis use is the best non-disclosure agreement <coughs> because you forget what it is you're uh, going to disclose. <laughs> That's a game Here, changer. smoke this NDA. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for the record, Randy does remember what do. we were That's talking big. about. <laughs> no, I wrote that in my little thing at home. That's it. Yeah. 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 Nice. We have fun. Ah, so... So what are you guys' ideas for products? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have my prosciutto pen soon to come out in the pepperoni, black jewel. forest ham, you know, <laughs> <laughs> boar's head wants to get in on it. I'm oh my God. I can't say what mine is because I, I have a really good idea that I want to. So I wish I could come up with something bullshit fake, but I'm not that good of a poker player. Mm. But the real one could make some real bread. Yeah, well, a few people know about the real one. Yeah. Nice. You know, he acts like he doesn't know what I'm talking about. Well, I need to be honest. I actually stole the idea from Archie Comics. I, was, I, was, I found an old one. <laughs> and I was reading it for it. Oh, my and, God. And Jughead got selected uh, to develop a new ice cream flavor in a contest. And he came <laughs> up with hamburger flavor. So it was like a cold... <laughs> Trigger flavor uh, in ice cream. <laughs> and I was like, huh, let's see. Let me apply this to, to hemp and cannabis. Would this work? God. <laughs> cold burger meat. <laughs> Flavored <laughs> ice cream. That's mm. it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There you go. You know, Jay. Well, we started building on this, though. Um, hemp bricks or building materials. Yeah. And the value of that. For insulate, in, insulative properties and yeah. other. It's insulative and structural. Structural strength. Yeah. And, and what's, what's interesting is uh, we saw a presentation in China about that. And as it dries and solidifies, it actually gets like more stronger over time yes. and allows like diffusion of air because of the way it kind of settles and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We met a guy who's named Sergey. He was brilliant. He was wonderful in China. And he looked just like Woody Harrelson, and he knew it. And he talked a lot about he built homes all across, like, the Ukraine, Russia. Mm. Uh, he's based outside of California. And his whole passion, and you could just hear it, was mm -hmm. about how hemp actually in building hempcrete houses can kind of make a difference, not only just in that it's a sustainable uh, uh, product, but it also – changes kind of like the ions in the air and really changes the environmental impact of living in that home. And As opposed to regular concrete. Or sheetrock. Or sheetrock. Sheetrock. Infuse yeah. it with hemp yeah. and there's some other there's properties. Something else. That and, and it was really interesting and to hear him talk about it so passionately and the projects that they're doing. And and it's it's certainly, and Jehan and I saw it expo at the Javits Center in May. Um, we walked into a hempcrete um kind of demo and it was fascinating like what you can do with him the commercial um applications it's just phenomenal so yeah sergey also talked about the savings so initially because you know it's not <laughs> widely available it's it's a little more costly than using you know asbestos or whatever other poisonous material I'm going with all kinds <laughs> of jokes with this shit because i can see projects being bent, built with hemp creek <laughs> you know, it like, keeps the tenants real calm. You know, there's no more fighting. There's no gang violence. It's strictly peace. They just breathe. <laughs> People will be walking over from neighborhoods just to see the just house. To, well, just I will walk, say this. take tours of the building. I will say this, that Sergey was like that. 
he just had this chill piece to him, you know? And it was so funny. I asked him one night, I'm like, do you know who you look like? And he just looked at me like, Jesus, of course I know who I look like. And I was like, oh, you do? And he goes, yeah, I get it all the time. He actually was meeting Woody Harrelson because his good friend said, you two have to meet and talk about hemp. And so he was going to be in communication <laughs> with him. I would love to have that picture. So his background is a engineer? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant guy. Really, really neat guy. From the West Coast. Uh, well, he's originally, I think, from the Ukraine oh, and okay. uh, now lives in the West Coast, though, was trained in Canada, has what, his PhD and really smart guy. Yeah. Maybe maybe harvesting <laughs> and processing that hemp all day, you know, is nice. Makes them calm, <laughs> like as you're saying. Hey. So hey, at other jobs, you get exposed to like chemicals and BPA. <laughs> this exactly. job, you get exposed to a little CBD. It's OK. It's OK. <laughs> Well, it is one of the most incredible like environments to work in because you're meeting like such brilliant people who are kind of a little oppositional and who are risk takers. And it's a totally different kind of crew. You know, it is a small kind of world and you know people and you kind of go in global circles. So working in this And industry, these are all what, hemp growers? Well, hemp growers, researchers, mm. like just in the conferences I've attended, it's just it's such a small circle of people, and it's fascinating. People are really fun in this group, for the most part. There's a right, couple. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, like, there's some aos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's this guy. Well, I don't want to name him, but he has like. <laughs> ah, he might. You have to him. now. Now he has twenty-seven. <laughs> he might be listening. He has twenty-seven million followers on Instagram. Yes, and he has a CBD company, and he goes around. Let's name him. Let's name him. So his Wait, name. Wait, what does he do? What does he do? He sells CBD products, but basically it's TNA, Titsanas all over his Instagram profile. He basically hired like seven models to follow him around in bikinis oh. and pose with him in beds on planes. I mean, oh it's the most God. posed ridiculous. Like he's working in the garden with like, you know, completely clean with like a plant oh. in one hand and it, it, it is completely so. Completely naked. Like, yeah, he's I always just, has his shirt off. I'm like, put his shirt on. Up. I just yeah, want to throw up so, right now. He's but, a muscle bag. Wait, dude. and they're using tits and ass to sell products. Yeah. It's a, and, and, but uh, didn't MedMen do that? Uh, they did it so much that South Park has even recently made I fun know, of them. Oh, right. Whack. And I have to say, yeah. I can never respect MedMen because of that. And and this is something as the lone female in this studio that pisses Biological me off. female. We? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> female. Anyway, <laughs> I why you say that? I know. Hold on, guys. I am. We'll get to that issue hand. next episode. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Jeez, see, this is what working with men's like. They yes. continually disregard you. Anyway, it pisses me off when I see tits and ass being used to sell anything. And there's there are a couple of people I'm going to have to have a conversation with soon because I keep seeing shit show up on their Instagram. That's so not cool because, you know, half the population is females and we're tired of being objectified. Yeah. And so I, I have no respect for anyone who uses that to try to promote some kind of version of what it's like to live here. That is so 1970s and that time needs to go away. And God damn it. Women need to be known for what yeah. they do and how smart they are, not what they their ass looks like or tits. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we hate that guy. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> but basically, you have these. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with having money and investing in the community, creating something good, and you know, bringing people up. And there's been like, you know, there's been lots of philanthropic endeavors in cannabis to kickstart things that have been great. Whether it's been activism or paying for patients to get their their medical cards and doctor's appointments, and then there's people who are like, I'm going to start a CBD company and just flood the market with he? terrible. Uh, well, do we know his name? Yeah, Dan uh, Bill Zarian, and he oh, just God. basically is this rich guy who puts out this terrible <laughs> image. Uh, that's like it's like the one thing like I'd be afraid that someone uh, like I work with in, in, in regulations or a standards group or someone who's on the fence about <laughs> cannabis. If they saw something like what he's doing, I'd be like, damn it. Got to start over Might with that conversation. Them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. He. OK, I'm going I'm looking him up right now. I'm going to have to write a strongly so. word. Oh, he's an American. Or, oh, he's that asshole. Mm-mm. I know who this dickhead is. He's like a gambler and a personality guy whose whole thing is objectifying women. So, yeah. Sorry. That's sorry, a, you started me today, Jayhan. Well, so that's all the United fault, States. I, I, look, I, I, I <laughs> sent around the show notes do. with my rant. You yes. all signed off on it. <laughs> oh, my God. He's such a tool, too. Look at him. He's got fake teeth. Probably has a small dick. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's why, that's why he takes <laughs> CBD. That's why he takes the miracle. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wait, he so he's moved to Armenia now too. He doesn't even live in the U.S. anymore. That's probably because he's not American. Yeah, he went home. What the fuck, he gonna move to Armenia for? No, <laughs> I mean, he I don't was know. born in America. Was he? Yeah, hmm. he was my born father's. in Tampa, Florida. Check him out on Wikipedia. Hmm. Anyway, thank you, Jayhan. So I ha- before we go, I have a question for you guys. I want to know if you, you have opinions on it. When is the best time to take cannabis if you're going to use it as a medicine? Is it like a time of day, empty stomach, full stomach? Like, let's say, you, you know, if you weren't feeling well and you're like, I feel like cannabis could help, you know, kickstart me on the right track or relieve right. my symptoms. So- do you do it on empty stomach, full stomach? So I was never much of a drinker. A lot of my friends could out drink me. So I'd be like Mr. Queasy. And the next morning, that would would be the part of the recovery. That's a new character. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Queasy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And you know the stories, dude. You know, just like the rapper, Young Queasy. Sadly, I can see that. Oh, God. It was bad. So that would be part of the remedy in, you know, a morning routine and water. And I found that actually if I smoked the night, if I had been drinking a lot, I wouldn't have a hangover in the morning. Before you drink. Like if I was drinking a lot, I would come home and smoke. And then I found that I never had hangovers. But now I actually use it at night before I go to bed. It helps me sleep really well. And we're talking about consuming the same amount or is these different amounts? Like for the like for the hangover, wake up in the morning, you're not feeling well, body hurts, head hurts. Is that the same like amount you would use when you go to bed, like for sleep or relaxation? Or we're talking about you know daytime, nighttime. Like I think this is uh, you know you hear about this with cannabis. I don't think you would smoke. Um, right. I don't think you would do cannabis if your head hurts. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. Um, I wouldn't. From experience, doesn't work out well. Hmm. Interesting. Body wise, that's completely different. Pains in the butt, not pains in the head, right? 
Uh, yeah, if you got pain <laughs> on your butt. But you got pain in your butt for <laughs> I know. Mm. What you doing? <laughs> ah, crazy. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm seeing the doctor next week. I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, God. I'll tell you what the doctor said. Stop doing that. Right. <laughs> Stop it. Motherfucker. <laughs> Look at us posing. <laughs> I was looking. Who is that? <laughs> oh, boy. Dan Bazilier. I, I've read this, his whole Wikipedia thing, because I can't get him off my mind I, now. I'm always hesitant to outwardly criticize people because I don't want them to be like, ooh, I'm going to go follow that Wait, now. Do, ooh, any of you guys, that. do you guys like T-Pain? Um, what is that? Do you that? know who like, T-Pain is? Uh, I thought uh, that was a technique. Is he American related to R&B singer oh, T-Pain released a song named after Dan Bilzerian in October 2016. What's the name of it? Shut up and please go away. Small penis. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, I, don't I don't know. I have no idea. Here. Nice. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Little Dells. <laughs> well, it's well, getting to be about that hour where Gotham Studios will be locking the doors, hopefully after we get outside the studio. <laughs> Do you guys have any mind munchies you want to leave our listeners with? Things to look forward to, things to think about, contemplations of the universe? A wise Indian once said, Native American, hmm. he who I can't. <laughs> that was deep. Should I say it? <laughs> I don't know. Is the quote "Should I say it" or are you asking me if you should? Say if I should quote the quote of the Native American yes. as opposed to Indian, he him, she or she him who they, goes hmm? to bed with itchy behind shall wake up with stinky finger. <laughs> oh. Oh. Damn it! Uh, Thank you very much. That's uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> he's dying, son. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, as mind munchies go, that's a bag of chips right there. <laughs> the twenty-five that's, cent one. That's no, that's a two-dollar bag, son. That covers everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, my cheeks hurt now. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. I missed you guys. So, my mind munchie. I have no mind munchie. You know what? Actually, I do. And. <laughs> don't worry. Randy, we don't know you remember. I will remember. <laughs> no, really. I am just very happy. Sometimes, you know, people come into your life, so I'm just happy to be here. That's all. Nice. I miss you all. Being in the moment. With my buddy. <laughs> that we can crack up and laugh at each other. Greer, you're you're finger. you're a man of mystery. What what's <laughs> what are you thinking about these days? I'm thinking about waking up with stinky fingers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exactly. I almost squirt. I was like, having understand a it. <laughs> I Oh my I haven't God. heard that in years, Randy. I haven't heard that in years. That shit killed us when we were kids, dude. We were, kids, we were on the like, floor. Oh, my God. Wow. What were some like of the other ones? That's like a sixth grade joke, too. What were some That's of the other ones? That's from 77. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. 
Wait. We got a bunch of them. Let's take a second. I'll do a list. <laughs> jokes, jokes from 78. Uh, Maybe you and Greer could do a skit. Jokes from 78. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think about is that I got to pick up some hand soap on the way home. <laughs> just, I think I'm out. <laughs> I just, yeah, a 13 year old or something like this has been uh, an amazing episode. I, I am like, I'm thrilled we all got together and we're all able to discuss high level and low level. We were both in the clouds and in the gutter at the same time. It was, it was That's amazing. That's America. <laughs> Excellent. New yep. Times. This show's dedicated to America. 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 Fuck yeah. I just hope everyone has a peaceful week and having fun. Yes, and be and be calm out there. And the CBD regulations are coming. The FDA is working hard on this stuff. So I'm hoping any week now for an update on that. Uh, I have a radio interview coming out next week with a Miami radio station. Should be fun. They're going to simultaneously yeah. translate it to Latin America. So it's all about CBD. Um, and they're supposed to only talk to me for five minutes, oh. and they did 45. So I don't know if they're going to chop it up or use it or what. But They're going to use one of them 45 minutes. I hope so. That would be cool. You should tell I hope they tweak your voice a little bit so it's like Ricardo Montabon. <laughs> <laughs> like no CBD. Man. Like. <laughs> oh, my God. Will you speak Spanish? La sistema endocannabinoide es muy bueno. Oh, you should do that every week. <laughs> you got to do that every week. <laughs> we didn't know that. Our fans. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Let me translate. The endocannabinoid system is good. <laughs> it's good. Good smoke. <laughs> well, oh. wait. When is your article coming out? Oh, uh, so uh, there's a article that I submitted to Nature magazine that should be coming out maybe next month. It's like uh, they have this thing called Outlook, which is like the equivalent of their op-eds. And they came to me to write something controversial about cannabis. <laughs> Whoa. And uh, so I sent them like six pages <laughs> and they're like, let's cut this down to a page. But no, they they publish things that are controversial in this section of their magazine about science or policy or medicine. And um, I, I basically wrote about some of the circular arguments about cannabis. One of the biggest ones being that, oh, we need more research before we can proceed with legalization. But doing research is basically... Uh, the type of research that people want done is not allowed in the current regulatory framework. You you know, you can do a lot of like simple studies, but people want these like gold standard studies with cannabis and, and they're just they're just not approved. Yeah. Like what they call like phase two, phase three studies. Hmm. Those have never been approved for cannabis. So and even researchers who study cannabis sometimes don't report the results because of the laws. They're, they like I literally see in disclaimers in some research articles that like due to the California's regulatory structure, while it's legal for patients to use cannabis, we cannot publish our results due to the current framework. Hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of like uh, and there's a lot of myths that we believe about cannabis that putting cluttered late, you know, putting a bunch of stuff on the label will help people understand the product. Turns out that the more stuff people put on the label, the less people understand it. And they actually did a study where people who were experienced cannabis users didn't know that the products contained cannabis because there was like they they gave them a certain amount of time to read it and then what's in the product and it was so complicated even people who use those products didn't know what didn't they know were. what it was yeah 
Yeah, and that comes from grooming of looking at um, labels on pharmaceutical yeah. products. I mean, you yeah. can't yeah. read or understand with all that. You don't get past camphor after that first. Because the shit the, 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 the letters are too small. Too small, and you know, <laughs> but don't understand. So. But there is a lot of positive things that, that are moving forward. You know, like uh, no other states are adopting like THC percentage caps on products because that doesn't work. The there's there is was New a, Jersey yeah. going to change that. Um, probably. Another thing is the educational campaigns about like using cannabis and like driving. Like they put out this, uh, Colorado put out this thing that's supposed to target cannabis users about being aware of using cannabis and driving. It's not good and leads to this, but they created this like kind of thing that made fun of people who use cannabis. Great for people who are against it. But the people who are supposed to argue just totally ignored it because it ridiculed them. And so there's these lessons that, you know, government policy and educational bodies are like, oh, if we make fun of people who use cannabis as a medicine or recreationally, they're not going to listen to us. And so there's these like changes that are happening and a lot of like crazy messaging. Shaming doesn't work. Yeah. Oddly enough, it it doesn't really uh, doesn't really work or like depicting people use cannabis as sloths like they did in Australia. They had this whole video series like sloths at the dinner table and it, it's just like people just watch those and laugh but yeah as they got hot right yeah <laughs> got a little hand let's smoke a bit of this and watch cool. these commotions so <laughs> so hang in there everybody there's a dab of optimism in the future yeah I love it alright guys have a great week see you next week